This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Check out their products in your local grocery store or online at mrb.com. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to the final episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast in the year of 2022. CJ Harvey here, Cooper Zimmerman, as always, and then we got Mason Jack behind the laptop, which is our uh, de facto production booth for the evening. Cooper, my man, congratulations. We have uh, made it this far yet again to another uh, end of the year. What a, what a great year that it's been, man. So I, It's difficult to keep track of time. Most people can relate to this with the pandemic. It's like, what is time anymore? But is this the end of year three? Or is this like, <laughs> yeah. you know, is this season three? Yeah, just... that's a good point. So we started in June of 2020. So was, did we call year one like the end of 2020. I think we could say that, yeah. yeah so so the all end of 2021 of, yeah. would be year two. Exactly. And then year this two. is the end of year three. Oh, wow. And Shit. I feel like year three, like any job or relationship maybe, year three, after three years, you know if it's going to stick or not, yeah. right? We're, we were dating now, but we're <laughs> yeah. about to get married. We're, we're real serious now. So <laughs> going into year four. Senior year. Yeah, senior year. And uh, man, this <laughs> has just been, just what an incredible year. I mean, year three has really been the, it, it's been one of those years where you, you look back and you're like, wow, so many things happened. It's easy to forget, actually, all of the things that have happened and, you know, just kind of scrolling through. I mean, shit, we were doing a baseball game. We were calling a, a baseball game for the Black Bears in the summer on West Virginia Day. We had our first in-person event at Five Street Brewing where we invited all of our friends over to, you know, to drink with us. We had a discount. We have a new merchandise partner with Loving WV, continued support from some of our other sponsors, including Mr. B, and then the Almost Heaven Classic, which, of course, has taken a, uh, a life of its own. And so, man, just, you know, kind of your reflections looking back. I would say, yeah, it was it was the year that we graduated to, you know, what we think is, you know, we're a digital media company. We, we first started, we were just a podcast, and we realized, okay, now we could do emails. Oh, we should build a website, and our yeah. friend Shia and Shafi yep. helped us build a yep. website. And then year three was that transformation of, okay, now it's digital media attention, likes, comments. Yeah. Let's really make this live events. And like you said, the first one, our first go at it was kind of commentating a baseball game, which the Black Bears were generous enough to give us a box, and that, that was fun. I think that was cool, and that showed us, got us a little bit like, oh, wait a second, like, we could take take this show on the road yeah, and kind real. of come out to different West Virginia exactly. locations. And then, you know, that, I guess that kind of, like you said, leads to Fife Street. And, you know, later in the year, we ended up doing our first, like, live happy hour series that we hope to continue into 2023. Yep. So for me, it was just, this is can be a real digital media entertainment enterprise, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I think people responded to it and it was neat to just shake people's hands that like I had never met in Joe Justice in real life until the yeah. Fife Street event. Yeah. And he brought and he's us been kids. blogging for us for yeah. two years. Yeah, so it, it was, was like incredible stuff. It was just cool. And that, that was a neat and almost surreal moment. And yeah, now it's like, okay, now now we know what we're doing. Like now we can really get partying. Yeah. And then you know, here in just a couple of minutes we are gonna we have compiled some of our favorite moments from this year and we're gonna do like some flashbacks where we like take you back in time and throw you back into the episode where uh, we've cut a couple of minutes from some of our favorite moments from this year's podcast so stick around for that but just going back to the almost heaven classic for just a second too because we actually have an announcement that we'd like to make here uh, if you know a little bit about the almost heaven classic friday night networking event it's going to be phenomenal Canaan valley resort and then saturday golfing it's going to be an insanely fun and awesome maybe the most entertaining golf outing that anyone will ever be a part of in West Virginia. At least that's what we're hoping it kind of turns into. But Friday night, part of Friday night, like this, we're going to be doing a live episode, a live podcast. We already have locked down Marshall University President Brad Smith, but one of his friends, actually a very close friend of his, who's a former guest of the Mountaineer Media Podcast, Sarah Biller, you lock that deal in. She's going to be on stage with Brad. And that is just uh, talk about an awesome duo of people who are like really fighting for uh, the best future possible for West Virginia that really are just in tune with what's going on. Sarah in for the Almost Heaven Classic. That's awesome. 
big news. Sarah yeah. is a rock star. She was on our podcast. If you guys you know remember our conversation, she heads up, like CJ said, uh, she's the executive director of something called Vantage Ventures. I didn't say that, but I'm okay. glad that you did. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. in Vantage Ventures, you know, we've we've reshared a lot of their stuff on our social media. Some of our most loyal fans will know that name yep. and that group. But they're basically the John Chambers incubator inspired yes. machine up there. Yes. That's churning out real deal, multi million dollar, serious big businesses in West Virginia, making West Virginia a startup state. And she's the executive director of that, amongst other things. I mean, Sarah is wildly accomplished in the banking and, and fintech and investment world and she's been very close with Brad she mentioned him as a you know she referred to him as a mentor um, so having her on stage with us complimenting Brad's deep investment and knowledge about you know he's a president of Marshall and he's doing uh, the Ascend West Virginia program and then she's up at WVU it's like a perfect symbiotic kind of relationship between all totally. of us yeah. And we think that now, you know, there's going to be a lot of onstage chemistry, but the whole deal is that, look, this this state is moving forward. We're growing. Businesses are coming, you know, and we kind of want this to be a celebration of that, yeah. a place for if you're trying to break into, if that feels like that's next level to you, we want you at this event to rub shoulders with these people, exactly. to shake those hands, to meet those bankers, to open those relationships. So, yeah. But then also for the people that have already kind of done it, this is like their celebration and they get to come in and enjoy it. So like if if that's the vibe we're going for, I think, CJ, we're gonna it's going to be an awesome time in Tucker County. Yeah, quite literally, you know, she helps entrepreneurs grow. If you are an entrepreneur looking for investment or somebody to throw and pitch your idea at, this is why we're doing this for reasons like that. And so it's going to be a phenomenal time. And I feel like... Sarah, like, I hope she doesn't get mad if I if I mention some of this stuff. But I feel like Sarah's our insider. She's always got these like little nuggets that she's splitting us. She's like, you it's won't a, believe. C- careful with that word. That's like a buzzword. Insider trading, but insider. No, well, all right. None of this is. Yeah, no, I know. There's a lot going down in the world, but we're not part of it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not. We're, yeah, we yeah. don't have access. We don't have access like that. But she does give us these nuggets of like, oh, you won't believe so and so's. You know, wanting to come to West Virginia, wanting to invest in West Virginia, and we're just like, wait, why blowing our minds? And yeah. she's like, maybe we can get them to the almost seven classic and so we'll see we will see you'll have to uh go buy your ticket right now mountaineermedia.org uh for the almost seven classic uh, you know the friday night networking event or there are still some spots left for the saturday golf outing as well filling Cooper, up quickly yeah filling, filling up, quickly. up quickly and as always but friday friday is not we, no, we friday, yeah. friday we have a ton of not a ton of space but we have 300 plus people that we can invite and so there's room for you to come rub shoulders with other people and that's what we want to do please and that's the distinction that we'll keep making you'll probably get tired of it until then but yeah, friday you don't literally. have to golf come there you buy a ticket it's 40 dollars. that's going to cover alcohol you're going to have some food that gets you access to the event yeah. rub shoulders with everybody yep. bring your family have guests we have a deal on our website where canane valley has given us uh, a discount on the resort rooms themselves so you can book a stay you could stay in the cabins which are also right there in canane valley and then also shout out to mountaintop Realtree, they also have given a 20% discount on their luxury homes. So in Tucker County, in the summertime, this is an amazing, you know, wild and wonderful part of West Virginia. Come up and stay with us. And then if you're also wanting to golf, you could buy that golf team, but you can do them separate, do them yes. both. Um, and CJ, that's, I mean, I'm just like, time is kind of going by quick. I remember it, it was flies like, by. We're, we're like, oh, it's a year from now. Then yeah, now it's yeah. like six months from now. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, time flies, and but it's, it's coming along together nicely. And I like this. Uh, this Vanna White display that you have here. So, oh, yes. Not the flag, but oh. your iPad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like showing the display. So, yes. no, I dig it. So, anyway, lot, just a lot of uh, cool stuff that we've done this year. It's really been great and feels like we are in this rocket ship. If we're in a rocket ship, we, I think we're off the ground. I think we're off the ground and we're, hovering, and yeah, we're not say. quite to uh, peak speed. We haven't quite left the, uh, the, the atmosphere yet, but we are moving. We're off the ground. We're launched. And we're just going to keep on flying. So, all right, let's get to uh, the meat of this episode, the good stuff. Because part of this recap episode, like I said, we're, we're throwing it back to some of our favorite moments. We've compiled a list of eight of our favorite moments from the year of 2022. I mean, we had some absolute incredible guests. And, you know, we're going to kind of kick it off with a story that we like to tell, Cooper, that we've told a couple of times on this podcast. We have a couple of Anthony Bourdain connections with it, whether it's Jenna Belcher, who 
her family housed Anthony Bourdain when he came to West Virginia, or Morgan Fallon, who was his lead cinematographer on the show Parts Unknown. So we're, we, we have a couple of stories about Anthony Bourdain's trip to West Virginia from two different sides, but Morgan Fallon was on the podcast this year, and this was him. Uh, he told us he recounted the time that he, he got Anthony Bourdain to commit to West Virginia. Dude, thoughts back on Morgan, and then oh, we'll man, play it back and then kind of – you know, yeah, we'll other, other, share other thoughts. We'll let you guys listen to it, but it was a, a super kind of emotional for me. I mean, Anthony Bourdain has been like a definitely like a hero, someone I've followed, take inspiration from creatively. Yeah, so absolutely. getting to hear it from Morgan was, was kind of gives you goosebumps. So, yeah, well, let's take a listen to Morgan Fallon recalling some Anthony Bourdain Did stories. It. From the moment I started making television, it was like one day we're going to get back there. And I had kind of made an attempt in 2005. Um, and then it was many years of kind of hustling, then fell into the position with Tony, uh, on parts unknown. And, um, once I kind of, you know, built my foundation there and got enough, uh, trust built with him to be able to pitch concepts. I was like, we're going to West Virginia. <laughs> That's I said, awesome. I said, it, I, I said, you know, I said it was in a, uh, in an equipment room that we had, uh, at McMurdo station in Antarctica. We're sitting around drinking beers. <laughs> Uh, just all shooting the shit one night and I had been thinking about it and I was like, Tony, we got to go to West Virginia. And he was a, immediately, I thought I was going to have to sell him on it. He was immediately like, absolutely. hundred wow. percent. We got to go. There you go. It, 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 I mean, drinks in Antarctica. Like, what a story. I mean, what a, <laughs> right? like, what a fucking story. Like. It's crazy. <laughs> so, so awesome. And Morgan, you know, some of his early roots were established here in West Virginia. He's bounced all over the place, but he still calls himself a West Virginian. And in a way, it was almost like he was saying Anthony Bourdain, although he was not from West Virginia, it was almost like he was an adopted West Virginian. After we spoke with Morgan, it felt like that. Anthony related to our state, unlike... Other, many others who have come here told West Virginia's story. Anthony did it in just such a genuine way, and he connected with the people that he met. And it was it was great. But, yeah, that was certainly one of our more favorite – one of our favorite moments and one that's been brought up time and time again on the podcast. I'm sure one that we will all remember for a long time. I got a nice bridge here for you, CJ. The next one was – Oh, actually, I got Dr. one too, but continue. And then <laughs> well, that, that was it. It was with Dr. James Jackson uh, James Jackson of the Green Bank Telescope. And yes. you're wearing the Green Bank yes. Telescope shirt Can you see right that? now. Yeah. And that is made by our lovely partners, yes. Loving Dub V. And you can buy, the, you can buy this literal this shirt literal that shirt CJ is wearing. Off my back. Not off my back, but you can buy it from yeah. somebody else for, <laughs> who has it. You have a discount. Yeah. MM10. And you go to Loving Dub V or go to our website and click yeah. through the links right there. Exactly. And you can buy the shirt that CJ's wearing. And it's a cool homage to one of the very neat, scientific, very impactful uh, thing in West Virginia that is fueling worldwide research. And yeah. Dr. James Jackson kind of takes us through that. And, of course, we have to ask him, like your shirt alludes to, CJ, we have to ask him about the aliens. <laughs> the and he truth does, is out there. That's what the shirt says. And he shares a little bit of insight. Funding. And the other project we have a lot of um, time devoted to is the, our, our partners with, called Breakthrough Listen. And they're looking for signals from other civilizations. So they're looking for... Now here we go. I, this is what I was... Yeah, this is where we were. Yeah, so yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. it out there. I've been... <laughs> not that I'm like an alien. Cooper's guy, the alien guy on this. Just yeah, so, okay, I, Cooper, right. Listen, just hear me out. Hear me out, Jim. Hear me out. Because like, I'm right. obviously... You know, you can speak to us like we're five. We have no real scientific knowledge on any of this. So like, but my, you know, like I've just been fascinated with the concept of like you watch these documentaries and not like super alien came down, did the pyramids, that sort of thing. I'm talking about like they just lay out the simple math around there's billions of planets, billions of galaxies, and we can only observe like this little portion of the like the mm -hmm. universe. And then you just think like, how would it just statistically not be possible for something else to form? It's I, it's just our ability to see out there and i think what's interesting is what maybe you kind of just like enlightened me on is that probably the most likely way we're ever going to detect something is through something like like a sound wave am i right instead of like seeing something it's going to be like 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 seeing like a radio signal come through or yeah. radio wave come through like that yeah. would be the most likely way to really stretch out like far distance activity is that correct so look so let's let's oh, so radio waves and sound waves are different things <laughs> right radio is a form radio is a form of light okay it's just it's a form of electromagnetic radiation that just happens to have very long wavelengths that our eyes are not sensitive to 
but it's the same sort of phenomenon as light. Um, you know, we, we transmit sound through radio signals and that's, that's where the confusion comes in. So we're not, we're not actually listening because sound needs air to travel in and there ain't no air in space, right? <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So, but, yep. but radio is a, so look, radio is a, would be a good way, we think, for if, if you want to announce your presence to the rest of the universe, because it's cheap to make and it would stand out against the rest of the signals from space. So if you have, a say, a, a really powerful radar and you were just beaming it out there and another civilization had radio telescopes like we do, they could probably see. And so that's the, that's the kind of idea is that the, uh, if, if a technological civilization has radio, that might be the way they would choose to communicate or to announce their presence because it astronomically would stand out. And we assume that all intelligent civilizations have lots of astronomers always looking at the sky, right? Of course they would. You would think so. And, yeah. <laughs> and so that's, uh, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the idea. And that's what we're looking for. Now, you know, unintentionally, these civilizations may also just leak radio waves out in space in the course of normal business, like Earth does all the time, right? We could detect Earth. If, if you were living on a nearby star, you could probably detect Earth from its stray radio ra radiation that it's intended to, you know, cover the ground, but a lot, some of it goes into the sky, will go out into space. So there's some, some radio leakage, if you like, from Earth that could be detected. So this is one of the ways that people are thinking about looking for extraterrestrial civilizations by looking for their radio signals. And Breakthrough Listen does this in a very systematic way. What's so what your personal, what's your, your personal take? I mean, yeah, okay, so there you go. Yeah, that was a very systematic way. And I feel like Dr. Jackson probably thought we were like on some field trip, like, Dr. Jackson, tell us this, tell us this. When are the aliens showing up? We're just asking all these crazy questions, but it was fun, man. And I feel like we got Dr. Jackson to really open up talking about aliens, space, time travel, you know, all these, all these things that he probably doesn't get to talk a ton about to, like you said in that clip, to guys who are a bunch of five-year-olds because <laughs> we have no true understanding of how that works. He's a cool dude, man. And yeah. you need to think about that. If if we do discover aliens, he's in the top yes. 25 of the that first group, ones the, to the, find the out. The 0.01%, right, so, that finds out. That's a good guy to keep close to you. So yes. Yeah, we're glad he's here. Yeah. All right, moving on. So we got another clip. Um, this guy was really cool, and I think it was, it was Mason or – uh, Tanya Smagaki, who has helped us time and time again, she's come through yeah, and, up, and given us a bunch of recommendations. Edward Ashton is an author of Mickey Seven. He's the author of the book Mickey Seven, which was recently picked up to become a Warner Brothers film by Dr. Boone Joan Ho. And wait, hold on. I just looked it up too. I just want to make sure. Yeah, Bong Joon Ho, excuse me, and director Bong Joon Ho. And if you are kind of like a movie buff, Bong Joon Ho won uh, Best Film a couple of years ago for his movie Parasite, which was a stellar movie. And if you haven't seen Parasite, definitely worth checking out. But Bong Joon Ho is directing this movie that. From of a book that a West Virginia author wrote, which is cool. And we had the guy Edward Ashton on. And so the movie is actually gonna be called Mickey Seventeen. What's the deal there? What they I seen? think I think that's like for drama. Like mm. so the book is called Mickey Seven. I don't want to give it all away, but there's there Mickey Seventeen I think just adds to like the drama instead of okay. seven Mickeys, seventeen Mickeys. And if you've read the book, you kinda of know what I mean. But play the clip. Kid you even uh describe how exciting of a time it's been or a you know roller coaster of emotions that you've been going through over the last couple of months i mean it's it's really it's been surreal um it's it's been a strange experience it hasn't just been the last couple of months though uh it, it's actually been a very long drawn out process uh the timelines on these things are really long i so mm -hmm. i finished this book in september of 2019 uh wow. we we sold it we sold it initially to a publisher in the UK in early 2020, uh, and it was picked up. It was optioned by Warner Brothers shortly thereafter. It was optioned in March of 2020. 
So that's, you know, that's when I found out about, about that. Um, Director Bong, Bong Jun-ho, he was attached to the project shortly thereafter. I, I actually had a, a long call with him in, I guess, February of last year, about a year ago, a little over a year ago now, to, to talk about details of the book, how he would put the script together and, and other things. So I've known this was all in the cooker that the, the press release that came out a, a couple of weeks ago where uh, it was made public that Director Bong was, a, was attached to the project obviously was a really big deal from a publicity standpoint, but it, it was something I had been aware of for over a year at that point, but wasn't a lot to talk about. Yeah, that's crazy. What's crazy about that is just that is him riding off this wave of fame from Parasite which had just won all of these awards the year before. So you being on the phone with him, how cool was that? Because all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, the, the maybe the most you know, well-known director in the world right now I'm on the phone with, and we're talking about making this movie. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, we, we had about a two hour Zoom call. Um, like I said, talking about various things. My wife was actually downstairs listening in and talking to my daughter on the phone while this was all going on. Um, it's... Uh, it was a very strange experience. He, he's a brilliant man, by the way, and wonderful to talk to, really, really personable, very, uh, very good guy. But he is very secretive about the work that he does. And he was very clear that I was not allowed to tell anybody about this. Interesting. Pretty cool dude. And if you remember, CJ, he was like, I'm up in like a cabin in New yeah, York. Yeah, he lives in upper, upper New like, York. Yeah. So like, total talk, outdoors man. Writes outdoors and thinks man. about like very like techie sci-fi. And he's like yes. a quantum physics, physics like researcher, deep, deep professor. Guy, yes. But then also just has an affinity for nature. Yeah. And then, yeah. You know, well, one awful. of the other pieces that I was, as we were going back, listening to episodes, trying to pull some of our favorite moments, that one just certainly stuck because of the fame that, uh, Bong Joon-ho has had and his book being picked up so I felt like that was the that was the best clip from that but we also got into like the like the magnetic pull of an MRI machine and how it's not perfect and that's why he may or may not believe that we are in a um Simulation. A simulation because it's not quite perfect. And if we weren't in a simulation, like maybe it would be perfect. But because we may be in a simulation, like the, whoever designed us, quote, designed us, didn't maybe get into like some of the minor details. Like nobody will look there. Nobody will figure out that magnets don't perfectly pull in the one direction. Like there's some mind blowing stuff. But that's the quantum research, the quantum physics side of Edward Ashton. Really deep episode. And it was like nine in the morning. You know, we have most of these conversations early in the morning and over a cup of coffee or tea or something. And so sometimes we have our minds just blown. And it's like, this is way too early to be talking about simulation theory right now i gotta go to work after this that's that's a good reminder is that sometimes yeah we get people just some inside baseball for you guys we'll get people on there we'll be like so your childhood how did it affect west virginia and now why are you just woke up it's like yeah it's like dude it's it's 9 a.m like i can't go there emotionally i know we're not three drinks in one in the morning at the bar like uh, (laughs) god funny stuff but sometimes you know that we've had a lot of morning people and and sometimes you can tell some people are just more comfortable talking in the morning sometimes not but i feel like traditionally historically we get the best out of people Mm -hmm. and that's the the blessing of having long format conversation right you have time to dig deep so anyway and one of the other conversations that we dug really deep in is this next conversation and i think it's more of it's one of our more underrated episodes, I thought. I, you know, I, it's all these episodes are like your children. It's hard to say yeah, which one's your favorite. Yeah, yeah. But this one was one of my favorites. I will say that, and I think it is because of the person that Chef Paul Smith is. Um, he, yeah, I mean, look, he comes on. We talk about a million different things. We talk about. I think the nuance was like, why are you so passionate about? You know, not like you're a chef. Okay, it's like, oh, they just cook food. Like, what could it be? But he really helped us understand why like being a chef is so much more than just someone who cooks well. It's about understanding the culture, the people, the history of the region and using yes. local ingredients. Yes. Yes. And then each night he's trying to put on a performance. I mean, he's like a, you know, it's like a ballet, you know, there's, there's lights, camera action. It's like a show each night. And he wants to give you an experience through the lighting, the smells, the atmosphere, of course, the food quality. And I think no one in Charleston is doing that at the highest part of their game, like chef Paul Smith with 1010 bridge, the pitch i believe they bought ellen's ice cream yeah um so he's simply crushing it and i you know it was 
we had just a phenomenal kind of interaction back and forth about the true essence of life and of food and good time. So uh, may as well just throw that clip on there. Chef, like if say you're the head chef and CJ and I are underneath you cooking, like mm -hmm. how, like would you, you're having conversations with us. So that way we kind of understand all those things and philosophy that way yeah. we kind of, okay, like we're seeing what Paul's trying yeah. to convey here. So that yes. way we kind of, we're not leaving it up to our interpretations. It kind of, it flows down, I guess, from the, the head chef. Does that make sense? Is that how it usually works in a restaurant? Yeah, 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 a absolutely. You know, and it depends on what's, what restaurant or hotel or brigade you're in, you know, I am lucky enough here at 1010 and at both pitches to have like a wonderful team. So I am conceptual. Um, I'm talking about it. I'm writing it down. I'm drawing pictures and I'm kind of mad sciencing it. And then I'm saying, Hey, John, Megan, Nick, Buck, what do you think about this? And then they're going to put in their two cents and then we're going to try to come up with it together. I'm a little more inclusive than some chefs um, because these are the, this is my front line, right? These, and then I also tell, you know, we have lineup every day before service. And so I, you know, address the front of the house team. And I'm like, this is what we have today. These are the soups. These are the popcorns. These are the chips. These are the features. And this is some tidbits behind it. If someone asks, and mm -hmm. so it's all educational. And then these are the wines or the drinks that we're pairing with it. So, yeah, I mean, when you're, you know, I'm still working on the line. Um, I'm still, I, I will never ask anybody to do anything, including cleaning out the grease trap in my kitchens that I won't do. I will yeah. bust tables. I will talk to the, the, you know, the, um, the Karens of the world, uh, if, if their <laughs> meal isn't, isn't absolutely fantastic. Um, but the, you know, it's, it's very important for me to have, you know, I say it all the time take your craft seriously, but don't take yourselves too seriously. Yeah. Great words of advice there. Take your craft seriously. Don't take yourselves too seriously. Sometimes you got to deal with Karen. Sometimes you got to pick up the crap off the floor, but you know, have fun with it. Enjoy the moment, enjoy what you're doing and, and you're going to end up enjoying life. I think so anyway. Yeah. Moving on another, uh, kind of an under underrated episode I thought was uh, Jim Strawn who's another guy that's really super well known in Charleston and if you want to talk about a networker Dude. Jim Strawn is the networker in be Charleston. The I don't know if he wants to be the mayor but he could <laughs> he could he I think he could be I wonder I, I'm sure he's thought about that but I wonder what his political ambition is I don't know I, it's a great but it's something that we did not ask him during that episode but something that we did talk about during that episode and although we were already in the pre-planning stages of the almost heaven classic we started discussing what are some ways to help you know not just boost tourism but just give people in west virginia and other west virginians that are now living outside of the state giving them a reason to celebrate west virginia potentially come back or maybe explore something in their own backyard that they haven't seen before and so we started throwing around this idea of having like a West Virginia homecoming. Now, uh, there are things that go on year-round, events, the regatta, you know, Friday nights live on the levee in Charleston. But I feel like you could almost expand that a little bit, too. You could go a week-long event, have banners at every highway entrance in the state, welcome home, homecoming 2023 West Virginia, and having like a week-long event, a list of events, Charleston, Morgantown, Parkersburg, Wheeling, Martinsburg, wherever you're from in West Virginia, this is your call home. And there's something going on in your hometown or That's something like that. And it's like the, yeah, it's like the West Virginia outline. It's great. like calling all West mountaineers, you know, come Ooh. home. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, out. yeah. And, and it would just be John Denver. Country road. Yeah. Just off in the distance. You could just hear it. But How many West Virginians do you think are outside of what? I don't know if we'll ever get the Oh, answer. God. What a great question. I mean, like 1.7 million, 1.7, 1.8 in the state. That are alive right now. In Just in West Virginia. There's 1.8 million. I mean, there's got to be at least double that, right? That are currently alive. You would say there's, so you think there's four. I, five I million bet there are 5 million West Virginians around the world. Around the world. Damn, that's crazy to think about. And, and this is the call home. 
If if we could somehow configure a week long event, Airbnbs open up, hotels, there are events all over the state. Call home five million West Virginians. Come back to West Virginia. <laughs> be, well, that like, wouldn't. It, it would never quite work. But religious migration. Like <laughs> it would be yeah, the like, mecca. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> it would be the call home. Roll the clip. Take, but as you were talking, and as I was talking. I, and I don't know if I have much, many big ideas, but how about we just did a West Virginia homecoming weekend, and it wasn't necessarily even a homecoming. It was just, let's open the state of West Virginia, and you register here, you're a, rest, you're a West Virginian, and you have a, you have a bedroom or a place like an Airbnb, where you have somewhere where you could host people. And we, just, we, 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 just, we just invite people from America to come to uh, our our West Virginia celebration on June twentieth. That's something. And we just and people, you know, we could almost double. We could go one point seven to like three point four million people that, in a weekend. That would be if we crazy. All had somebody come in, whether it was family member or just people that we know or friends from New York. Or that's a pretty good idea. Dude, and if we got a hundred thousand yeah. people that came to West Virginia. How cool would that be? It was a, co- a coordinated effort hmm. to have a West Virginia weekend with visitors. And it was orchestrated. We knew who you were here. Like festival does a great job. They keep track of the zip codes of where people come from. Right. And they do a, a great job of tracking it. And zip codes come from all over America. So they do a nice job. So it could be done if we coordinated it where people would come from all over America. To a lot West of pepperoni Virginia. rolls. And they, you could, they were and registered if, guests of yeah. our state. And, and they if all you got could, a little prize. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be something, especially if you could have like a, a, if it was a week long event, you could have something in in some of the biggest cities across the state of West Virginia, like have something in the Panhandle, Morgantown, up in the Northern Panhandle, Wheeling, Parkersburg, Charleston, Southern West Virginia, just like come back. If if you, doesn't matter where you're from in West Virginia, come back for this homecoming week of festivities and see what your state looks like now. You probably haven't been back in a while. Come Come see what it looks like. It's like come on, all like Japan, Europe. I'm, yeah, I'm China, all in. All I'm all in. Somebody yeah. call Chelsea. Somebody call Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea Ruby. Chelsea. We have not had Chelsea on here before. We've we've actually spoken with Chelsea before yeah. about another idea. But yeah, we definitely need to connect. I'll with her. spearhead that for. I'll, yeah. I'll, there I'll take you that go. Campaign this is Escape to West Virginia 2.0, Cooper. I think we've we might Escape have yeah. we've got it now. I like it. Escape to West Virginia. I've seen Jim a couple of times since we did that episode, actually several times. If you live in Charleston, you see Jim everywhere, inevitably. But he's like, when are we doing that? When are we heading that up? I can call Chelsea Ruby from Tourism. When are we getting that started, man? I'm a big thinker. I'm, it, like, he is all in still. He is still all about this escape to West Virginia, almost heaven classic, whatever it ends up evolving into. Like, he wants it to be, he wants to be part of it. And you got to love that enthusiasm. I think, hey, Jim, if you're listening, I think that's what we can, the Almost 7 Classic, I think we've kind of, we'll, we'll do first it will year mold this, into that. year two will be yeah. two day, three, yeah. four, five days, and eventually we can get, you know, five million people back into West Virginia. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. And then, so then kind of someone who I think, similar to a lot of people like us, went through the pandemic, was reflecting about their life and Absolutely. their journey in West Virginia and what it means to them, uh, is Huey Mack. And he drops this song. I think it kind of took West Virginia by surprise. I don't think anybody already knew it was coming, but then all of a sudden you start seeing it pop up on your Facebook, on your everybody Instagram. Everybody ended up talking um, about it. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, oh, what's this new song? It's Dear West Virginia, yep. Huey Mack, Morgantown native. And he collaborates with Brad Paisley, of course, West Virginia country music star, legend icon uh, and also the WU choir all come together on this really cool very singable very homey very you know just paying tribute and homage to a place that we call almost heaven yep and we get him on the podcast and he reflects about it and kind of gives us you know why he did it um, if you haven't heard it go stream it dear West Virginia by Huey Mack um, but CJ pretty cool stuff I mean I, and we kind of just hit it off on I think he's like pretty much our age so it's just kind of cool to yeah. talk to someone just on a different journey but kind of on the same journey yeah no and Huey's still living in Los Angeles I think that was part of why people I think people thought Huey was coming back to West Virginia not the case he's still living it up in Los Angeles enjoying what he's doing still making music but he did write this ballad and and he's a guy that more is in the hip-hop he's more of a, a rapper so this was more of a country song and so it, it was just a different style than you know what he is normally doing but it just hit and it was almost like 
a new version of Country Roads almost. You have Huey Mack and Brad Paisley. It's it's a sweet song, but if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. But here's how Huey got Brad Paisley on the song. Um, now, I remember sitting in the back of the Uber and I was like, oh, wow, this is like I was heading home from the studio after I made it because I wrote it in probably like about an hour and it was just this acoustic version. And I remember being in the back of an Uber and I was like, holy shit. And like as a songwriter, like there's a few, you know, you write hundreds of songs, but then some like it's very rare to be like, oh, wow, like I got something. Yeah. Like not like, oh, this is fun. This is tight. Like to literally be like, oh, my God, like this is powerful. And then I think maybe the next day I was just like, I need Brad Paisley on this. Uh, I'm just like eccentric in that way like I don't know Brad Paisley we never uh, had any history and I was just like I need Brad Paisley on this so I text my manager and I was like can we get this to Brad Paisley and he's like yeah I'll get it to his manager and then we he was like I can guarantee he'll hear it but I can't guarantee he'll do it and I was like don't worry if he hears it he'll do it yeah I got I don't know I just had this weird feeling and sure enough, like a week later, he was like, um, yeah, I'd love to do it. That's wow. wild. How's that come yeah, through? Yeah. That you get a text, you get a call. You're probably like hype as hell when that came through. Nah, I got an email. Um, an email. Yeah, I was I was uh, pretty excited. Mainly, I think my friends are like, dude, you have the funniest list of collaborators ever. It's like Akon, Twista, <laughs> Brad Paisley. <laughs> it like, makes no sense on paper. Okay, what I'm saying, CJ. Yeah, go ahead. This, <laughs> we should make these episodes a digital time capsule that's listened. Somehow we could put them on like a DVD and a thumb drive and then bury these things somewhere. So when oh god, like, people now just you're getting deep there. Hundreds of conversations Interesting. about our culture and our people. We're almost wow. like fucking, like what do you call? It? I can never say that. hieroglyphics. 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 Yeah. Uh, like yeah, yeah. We yeah. bury these somewhere <laughs> physical. Like we become like maybe let's do it's a new bad. mound, you know? Yeah, mounds, let's just well, make that our would own be mound. cool. Or we could that. like, what's the we could send like a time capsule into space, right? Don't they send things into space? Could, so if like the aliens ever find it, like they do send out music, yeah, to like hopefully be able to they. Find it. But I think if we do, if people stumble across <laughs> these and they're like, oh my gosh, they're like this ancient people, they're, they're talking about their culture, and then it's us interviewing, like these are like essentially these per, these are permanent records on the internet. So in some fashion, these are going to live on forever. They will live on. But forever, I think we yeah. should make a big show about like physically copying them somewhere yeah, it's not a bad idea and then just burying here's them the problem that I, I i foresee with that if we stuck it on a flash drive or a thumb drive or something how do we know that they're even going to have usb well, in 100 said, years disc, they might do a disc, like... thumb drive record player we got to convert it to like eight different but movies. they might not even have those things when well, that's they all do, we could hope you know? We think like, the Egyptians were like, oh, fuck, I hope they have, like, you, you know, know like, like, that's a good point. They, I hope they can that, read. They, all they had was rock, so, like, they better be able that's to like read. That's like if you found, like, a VHS tape now, and you're like, oh, I don't I don't have a VHS yeah, player. generations are probably yeah. lazy. Like, oh, I don't know. I just can't yeah, figure just it out. Fuck it. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's that, it. That was my idea. No, but I like that. I like the time capsule idea. No, that would be fun. That would be fun. Something to think about. Something to think about. Or we blast it off into space. Maybe we can get Green Bank to help us out with that. All right, moving on. We, uh, we've we had a couple of – and we're narrowing down the list here. We're, we're getting close to the end. But we've had a couple of really well-known journalists on over the years. And really the guy in West Virginia, if you are paying attention to the news cycle day to day, week to week – the guy, Hoppy Kerchival, I mean, the dean of West Virginia nope. Broadcasting, I mean, he is the voice of West Virginia. You don't get a name like that without having some kind of pedigree, some kind of background, but we had Hoppy on, and, you know, he's, we spoke a bunch of about just the day-to-day news, the the news cycle of, okay, there's a fire, there there's a, a trial, a case or something. That Those are day-to-day reportings, but, you know, Hoppy, when you've been at the game for so long, it's your investigative journalism. It's pushing people, knowing how far to push people to get a specific answer. Those are the things that you become known for. And that is certainly what Hoppy has become known for over the years. And, you know, CBS Mornings did a story on him a couple of months ago, called him the Joe Manchin Whisperer. Again, you don't get that title 
without having some kind of background. And he and Joe Manchin certainly have had a good relationship over the years, but he's been able to push Senator Manchin to the edge to basically force, what are you doing? Okay, on X, on this issue, what are your true thoughts? You know, Hoppy's not just throwing softballs. He is the guy that's throwing change-ups, you know, sinkers and fastballs, just trying to, to get these guys or people to give a real answer to the people of West Virginia. So anyway, here's that clip. Uh, do you have thoughts on, on Hoppy and just kind of his, you know, pedigree? No, I'll just say, yeah, I was honored to share the airways with him. And it was kind of like an amateur f- boxer getting in the ring with like a true professional. The and guy knows Kind of like doing, lifting yeah. you up and like elevating you to the fight. No, like, he picks you up. <laughs> well, no, like it just kind of felt like he no. was like, it was so easy. And the reason yeah. why the interview was so easy is because Hoppy's amazing. And he's, he's the best. He's a pro. Yeah. But it was cool to talk to him. Uh, so, yeah, it makes spin this clip. I, I, I think my show is a little bit different. I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking about things that are going on in the world and more particularly in West Virginia, some of those things are just straight news things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like this happened and let's get Jeff Jenkins on or the sheriff on and describe what happened. That's really just news kind of straight journalism stuff. Mm -hmm. Then there's other things where, um, you know, I'm interviewing, you know, I know you've interviewed Manchin. I'm interviewing Manchin and I'm saying, okay, where are you on this? And trying to pin him down. I think that's, I think that's pretty much journalism stuff too. Mm-hmm. Then there are other times where I have a guest on where maybe I agree with them uh, or I disagree with them. And then it becomes a little more like a, a, of an opinion give and take. And there are other times where I'm riffing about, about something that's an opinion so really it's a it's a whole it's a whole range of things and then i'll get i get a lot of criticism too where people say well you know you're you're uh you're biased I say, well, I'm, I'm doing an opinion show so right. there's going to be opinion mixed in there uh at times but well, what i what i also try to do is for example i, I think that the side deal that Joe Manchin's got is a, pre- is a pretty good deal for west virginia i think you should build the mountain valley pipeline but i just before we started this interview reached out to a guest who's opposed to the Mountain Valley Pipeline to try to get them on tomorrow because it's a big rally in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So I try to bring some balance to it as well. So it's this, it's this whole range. Sometimes it's straight interview and journalism. Sometimes it's my opinion. Sometimes it's hearing uh, opinions that, that I may agree with. And sometimes it's hearing opinions that I disagree with sharply, but representing a point of view that I think is important to the discussion. Okay. Important to the debate so that people who are listening can be informed, can be informed. I think it's real important for people to hear multiple views, not just to get all their information from a silo, but to hear a range of opinions and views. Boom. That, that's exactly what the dean of West Virginia broadcasters would say, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want as many views as possible. Hoppy's not just talking to one side without speaking to the other. And, and you do it for two, three decades like he's done it, and you earn this reputation as the guy. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be sad when Hoppy leaves one of these days. Unfortunately, it will happen. It's going to be a sad day for West Virginia because Hoppy holds people accountable. There are other journalists in the state of West Virginia that certainly hold powerful people accountable. But Hoppy, by bar none, is at the top of that list. You know, Maybe a couple are equal with him, but he certainly is at the top of the list. He's up there. And I think literally what you just heard his last point was listen to other sources, listen to different exactly. people, listen to other things. Exactly. And that if that's anything for us saying that we say that all the time of like CJ and I and Mason, these are, yes, these are our opinions, but we don't have all the answers. Yeah. We have on people, we talk about stuff, we discover stuff, we contemplate it. Sometimes you make a mistake. Sometimes we think differently about an issue and that should be the purpose. And if it's a good lesson from Hoppy is that, when you, especially with emotionally, every issue in West Virginia seems to just be a little bit more emotionally charged than other things. But it it's does. like step back, listen to people, yep. have faith that that your fellow West Virginian has their best interests at their heart. And if they don't, you can call it out. That's fine. But at least give you know, try to be patient, try to be empathetic. And I think someone who in this next clip is someone who kind of spoke about this media dynamics with us, CJ Chris with Chris Stywall talks a lot about the media machine and, and the pros and cons of this media-hyped world. Um, and I thought it was it's kind of like a perfect way to almost end the special moment section because at the end of the day, we're using a media platform yes. to try to have conversations. We feel like we have a responsibility to be 
open, fair, honest, take both sides, hear yep. both things, and not, you know, sensationalize and over-dramatize issues. Exactly. And I think we kind of heard from someone who is at the top of their game doing the same thing with Chris. Yeah, and two things. One, Chris has a new book out, and that's one of the reasons that we invited him on, not just because he is from, he calls himself a West Virginian, he's from Wheeling, go back and listen to the episode, we end up arguing about the state capital and what's really West Virginia and what's not West Virginia. Chris is a very, very intelligent person, and that was one of our more fun interviews because it's easy to talk, it's easy and fun to talk to somebody that is just super smart because you can throw them softballs and then they just they crush these things sometimes and they make it fun and chris was one of those guys where we're just like well what do you think about this you know it was just like wow very insightful very interesting and so that's a great episode but his book out right now broken news why the media rage machine divides america and how to fight back chris has a great backstory certainly a very good listen on the mountaineer media podcast Certainly worth a read, his book, Broken News, Why the Media Rage Machine Divides America and How to Fight Back. Cooper, this is our last clip, and I, I agree that this is a, a good good way to kind of go about things and kind of wrap up shop. Chris is a great interview, and you know he speaks about not just West Virginia, but the American dream and you know why West Virginia almost planted itself in American history and how the, the American dream and West Virginia kind of blend together. Are we coming back on after this? Yeah, yeah, we're going to come back. So we're going to play one more clip. We'll come back, close shop, wrap it up. But then, yeah, go ahead and hit it. Well, I don't know whether you're aware of this, but the United States of America is pretty cool. Uh, And in what is the American creed? What do we understand is the American creed? That we hold these truths to be self-evident, right? So we don't even, we shouldn't, basically we said, we shouldn't have to say it. We shouldn't have to tell you people that we hold these truths to be, they're, they're self-evident, uh, that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator. And this is enormously important. They are not given by a government. They are not given by a king. These rights are naturally attached to us. Mm-hmm. So we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, unalienable meaning that they cannot be separated from you no matter what. You can be in prison, you can be in a slave ship, you can be anywhere in the world, but your rights are still your rights. They are being denied to you, but they're still naturally attached to you. That all men are created equal and endowed with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is the American creed. That is what makes America different than anything that came before us. And that is what makes America different than anything else that's happening in the world. We built a whole constitution around the idea that we ha- we had better make true, we had better make good on that promise. It took us a long time to make good on that promise yeah. to slaves. And one of the reasons that I am proud to carry the flag of the 35th state, I'll get, a, <laughs> I'll get emotional, but one of the reasons that I am proud to carry the flag of West Virginia and be a West Virginia is that West Virginia stood up against slavery. West Virginia made that point and made it stick. The constitution was consecrated to preserve the rights expressed in the American creed. Boom. And, and that is how, how West Virginia found its footing yeah. in American history. West Virginia went against the grain, you know, and I felt like that was a great way to kind of end this because as West Virginians today, it still feels like we have to go against the grain for people sometimes to pay attention to us. But oftentimes what we're doing is like, don't hold us down. Don't push us back. You know, just going against the grain can sometimes be the right thing, the mm-hmm. right maneuver, maneuver. And so anyway, I think too often West Virginia is like, ah, they're from West Virginia. It, nobody cares. They don't, they don't really know what's going on. When in reality, for the totality of American history, West Virginia has always kind of had it right. Mm-hmm. They were the leaders of... The Civil War. They were the leaders of World War One. They were the leaders of World War Two, making sure that energy production worldwide was taken care of. They fueled the war. They built the highways, as President of Marshall University Brad Smith likes to say. So, I think in in totality, West Virginia has, uh, whether it's given credit or not, West Virginia has certainly found its footing in the history of American history. And 
I think that's why people were just so, you know, when you're from West Virginia, you love to talk about that you're from West Virginia because of reasons like that. When you're from West Virginia, you know how important your heritage is. You know how important your state and the history of the freaking universe mm-hmm. is. Let's be real. And so, you know, I, I think Chris kind of summed it up there in one clip how important it is, not just the American dream, but how West Virginia played a part in fulfilling the American dream and mm-hmm. what we were able to do today. I think so. And I think us having these guests on, not to like toot our own, own horn, but I don't think there are a tremendous amount of platforms that allow for long form yeah, of these like nuanced feelings to be drawn out. Because yeah. I think a lot of people would probably agree with the sentiment you said, CJ, but maybe they've like repressed it or maybe they've only yeah, like, that's a great way or to maybe, they, maybe they've only allowed themselves to think about it in a very short kind of brief, like, you know, mantra instead of like work hard. But then some people read different things into that. Like, well, then that just means you're ignoring like labor. Like, so I think it's important, and if we can play a role in trying to talk about these West Virginia dilemmas, issues, you know, mindsets, and things that are, we're both proud of, and also we have to be careful of not falling into our own toxic traits. Like I think, yeah, if we if we can be that role in, in the West Virginia media landscape, then I think we're doing something noteworthy, man. Because I, I think a lot of people enjoy talking about it, but it's deeper than just you know, oh, West Virginia, you know, football. It's like let's talk about stuff that can help people and heal and maybe you know inspire some people ultimately we guys we want you to listen to this become inspired educated entertained but then do something as well like take up an act take up a project take up yep. you know community yep, 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 whatever yep. it may be yep. um, this is our you know kind of way that we think we're doing that but we would love and i think we've made it kind of clear through our partnerships cj that we've i mean now we've partnered with 15, 20 different West Virginia small businesses that we're, we're open and, and able to collaborate. Um, and I think people see that, man. And I think all these all these wonderful guests, this was a, a really good pull. And Mason, you and CJ did the heavy lift on pulling these out. Because yeah, shout out Mason. He clipped these and these were we did some time stamping, but Mason did a lot of the work here. So shout out to you. Mason, any words? Do you have anything to say? Okay, he said wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but some last minute notes, guys. So yeah, mountaineermedia.org. If you're listening, you know that's where everything is at, mountaineermedia.org. Again, the Almost Heaven Classic is June 9th and 10th in Canaan Valley. Can't wait. You can attend Friday or Saturday or both days. You can shop Loving Dub V with our discount code MM10, save you 10%. As always, we've got awesome bloggers that are dropping really cool stuff. Brad Mills, a new guest blogger, put out something about coonskin. Uh, we've got Glass, Amanda Large talking about Glass. CJ's dropping articles. We've got some people, uh, that's their version of you know paying back to West Virginia, blogging about it. Um, we're all over social media. Get on know. TikTok. Cooper's had some fire TikToks TikTok, here recently. Instagram. We have fun on there. Like, look, guys, we'll, we're open to all criticism. We're open to ideas. We're yep. open to partnerships. Yep. We're going to keep rolling into 2023, trying to make West Virginia a better place to live and work. And if we want you to join with us. so Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. So See you guys in 2023. Yeah. Mace, let's start wrapping this up thing and or wrapping this thing up. Close enough. Guys, thanks for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun. This is uh, the final episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast in the year of 2022. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next year.